Hey everyone, this is Special Mikey from Nerd Podcast Radio. Before we get into the fun today, I want to give some info. Today we're talking comics with Matthias, the comics manager at SoCal Games and Comics in Temecula and Sky High Comics in San Marcos. Both of those shops are in California. Now, we do have spoilers today involving the newest issue of Superwoman. If you haven't read it yet, I think you should check it out for the episode. It'll be wonderful. And as always, you know, you can contact us at our Facebook page, which is Nerd Podcast Radio. And, you know, this is a community where we really want to hear from you guys. Post and talk with us. It'll be wonderful. Always, you know, we have our Twitter, Nerdcast Radio, at Nerdcast Radio. And Matthias has an Instagram that, you know, you're more than welcome to check out because he shares a lot of great comics and movies things and just, you know, who he is. And that's going to be Midas Unknown on Instagram, which is going to be M-I-D-U-S-U-N. K N O W N. And it'll be wonderful. Uh, so we hope you guys check this out. And as always, review us on iTunes. Now for something a little more serious. Okay, guys. So, you know, last episode, I ate some food. Y'all heard it. I'm sorry. And I just want to apologize. It won't happen again. But Brian ain't giving me the antidote to whatever was just in my drink. Pray. Welcome to. Welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio, your nerd home away from home. Hello and welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio. I am one of your hosts, Special Mikey, along with the Hindu Anthony. And Super Vegan Brian. Now, you're all thinking this is supposed to be a great special episode, right? But I bet some of you forgot. It's because we're having a very special guest, and it is Matthias. Hi, everyone. And, well, last name? <laughs> Lewis. Matthias Lewis. Yes, Matthias Lewis. Thank you for joining us so much. It means so much to us, because today I'm going to go ahead and just drop the bomb now. We're covering comic books and this young man here he has a wonderful insight to the world of comics through being uh, i'm gonna go ahead and let him tell you just 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 give us a quick run of uh, uh who you are and what you do well i've been uh, a comic shop manager for whew, coming up on 18 years now at various shops currently i am working at sky high comics and socal games and comics in southern california and during that time i have done just about everything in comics from copy editing editing uh, colors, writing. I have worked marketing. I've worked sales. Uh, I worked with a lot of really wonderful people in the industry. Some big names that a lot of your listeners might be very aware of. And some that even some of your most dedicated comic book fans probably will have never heard of. But <laughs> it, it's led to a lot of really great contacts and great stories that hopefully a few of which I'll be able to share. Well, you know, we would really love that today here on the show. Isn't that right, guys? Yeah. Toes and goats. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and we're going to go jump right into our favorite game here at Nerd Podcast Radio. And we're hoping you'd be happy to join us in it today, Matthias. Sounds is, great. Uh, this, the game today is, of course, and always is, What's Nerdy With You? And this is just for, for anybody who doesn't know or anything. This is where we all sit down. We look at, look, look at each other through our screens, but we don't have videos running. And... We just sit there and we, we decide what was the nerdiest thing we did this week. And we just decide who takes that nerdy crown. And so today we're going to go ahead and jump into it. Anthony, what's nerdy with you this week? Um, well, there's a lot of Monster Hunter. Oh, yes. Monster probably, Hunter. Yeah, I probably clocked in another like 72 hours. Jeez. Um, oh, oh my gosh. Yesterday, 
I got really into playing with one of my son's baby toys. <laughs> I, I found out that it has this mic thing where it will record what you say, and it just kind of like says things, and it's really just fucked up, strange, just distorted, like robot sound. And so I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. So all day yesterday, I was just like, oh, I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts. <laughs> and the little robot was like, I got a coconuts. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, this is amazing. Oh, that's perfect. I love it. <laughs> oh, that's the funniest thing I've heard in a long time. So, <laughs> gaining on my DS and playing with my son's toddler toys. That's that's, <laughs> that's perfect, man. Oh, it's great. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and we're going to jump right to the guest. Matthias, what's nerdy with you this week? Well, uh, as many nerdy things as go on in my life working in the shops, I, I think the one that points out is there's a uh, new set for a very popular miniature game called Heroclix that focuses around comic book characters and other licensed properties. But the new set is called The Superior Foes of Spider-Man. With this set, they created probably the most iconic Spider-Man villain ever. Unquestionably everyone's favorite, uh, Stiltman. And of course, I'm being incredibly sarcastic. (laughs) That is probably the worst villain ever. I I always said Stiltman was a daredevil villain. Uh, Stiltman has kind of been everyone's horrible go-to villain. Um, Iron Man, <laughs> Daredevil, Spider-Man. Uh, he, he is the most laughable guy because really all he does is extend his legs to a ridiculous level. He's a shitty villain that shows up everywhere because he's a <laughs> shitty villain. <laughs> everybody's too afraid to buy. Everybody feels so bad for him. They just don't want to bust him. Uh, I think it's the, the sad fear that all you have to do is tap him and he goes tumbling over. But <laughs> He has quite the Achilles heel. So what's your <laughs> Stiltman story? Yeah. So, the new game allows you to add legs to him to make his stilts taller. And the idea is that you're only supposed to put maybe four extensions on there for the game because there's really no purpose after that. He just gets taller and gains certain abilities. But I bought a case of this game, and therefore I ended up with ten stiltmen. And that led to me <laughs> saying, well, how many legs can you put on stiltman? Stiltman comes with four legs. So I ended up with a 40-leg extension stilt man <laughs> that I had to end up taking photos of because he towered over everything else in my house. Can you get <laughs> us a photo of that? I can absolutely get one uh, to you. It happens to be on my Instagram, too, if anybody wants oh, to great. check with all oh, the other sure. nerdy little hero clicks and comic-related things that go on there. It's uh, at M-I-D-U-S-U-N-K-N-O-W-N. What kind of abilities did nice. the Super Mega Stiltman have after 40 legs? I would imagine that it's the ability to not have any sense of balance. <laughs> <laughs> he, his rate of movement increases, but at the same time, he has to make a lot of saves. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's really good. That's, uh, what was nerdy with you this week, Michael? Uh, what was nerdy with me this week? Well, you know, I've actually been spending a lot of time with a kid this week, uh, my daughter. And like Anthony, I also did find out she had a toy that that I, but doesn't record, but it has a microphone. And she's been watching me play Pokemon Go, and she's been really liking it. So I, I found myself singing the Pokemon theme song into her Dora the Explorer microphone. <laughs> and she dug it. Like, she started dancing, and whenever I stopped singing, she literally shoved the microphone back in my face, but hit me right in the teeth. Did you do the Pokemon Go rap? I didn't do the Pokemon Go well, rap. Pokemon I, Go, but I mean, the Pokemon Poke rap. No, I did the I did the original theme song, and she like ate it up. She danced around. She sung like she tried to sing along, but it was much more like ma ma ba wa ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it, it, it was Pokemon perfect. Go account. Uh, 
Um, should probably kill me for this, but th- this is like an addendum to my nerdy thing this week. I guilted my wife into playing Pokemon Go. We were sitting at Islands. I showed her like two things on my Pokemon Go, and she goes, where do I download it? So I, I, I had a conversion, and I got my kid to load the Pokemon theme song. So that's my nerdy thing. All right, Brian, you're not allowed to get out of this. Oh, I am just really getting into Manifest Destiny by Image Comics. I heard that was amazing. I'm You're about to say the board game. I love the board game. I um, read the first comic. I've been wanting to get the rest. I still have no idea how comic releases and stuff like that work. And that's one of the reasons why we have Matthias on the call today, so I can learn a little bit about that. Um, but I, I read the first issue, and then I spent about four hours making Pathfinder stats for every single um, character that was mentioned and monster. <laughs> nice. I'm really curious to see what Sacagawea's uh, stats are going to be when you uh, continue reading the series. Oh, I was hoping she would show up. Oh, she is a big, big role. Nice. Very nice. So I think we got to sit down here and we got to say, who did the nerdiest thing this week? I vote for Stiltman. Matthias didn't win, but Stiltman won. Stiltman for the win. Stiltman specifically won. Yeah, I I just want to point out... uh, there's no way Stiltman wins, because once again, all I had to do was breathe heavy and that thing fell apart. And then he's laying on the ground crippled. Yeah. Well, when you literally have a power on your card in-game that says, I can't feel my legs, no, I'm serious, that's a, <laughs> that's a, that's a pretty hard to That That's perfect. That's perfect. That, that's basically saying this guy loses. Uh, I, I, I do have to say, I think... I do think the your your Stiltman thing. I think that does kind of win a little because it, it you actually sat there and pushed the envelope. Like, let's see how bad this can. And it was modeling, modeling nerdy. Yeah, you, it involved mo- it involved modeling, and so anything involving modeling usually is pretty geeky. So yeah, I, you're not sure. winning just because you're the guest. Well, we're gonna make no. we're <laughs> guests. Are, guests are probably no. going to lose most 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 of the time. You're the, luck, you're the lucky first one. So yeah. You're lucky number one. Don't worry about it. I had to set the bar high. <laughs> very, very high. Very high. Still man <laughs> helps place it there. <laughs> well, it's 40 legs. Uh, <laughs> I feel like they didn't really walk in the room and go, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm stunned. I'm honestly stunned that my son didn't just crawl over and crash it down around 10 extensions in. <laughs> my, my daughter wouldn't have just smashed it down. She would have smacked it. Threw as many parts as she could and went and hid the uh, the top part. So, but you know what? That's great. And, and this just shows that we're going to have some really great conversation today whenever we get into our main topic today, which is, of course, reiterating the wonderful world of comics. And I'm so glad we have a beautiful insider on this one. So just, Matthias, you know, basically, you know, real quick, I want to know, as the, we're going to say, comics manager for Sky High and SoCal, uh, what really is it that you have to handle? Do you take care of orders or? Yeah, um, my average day is really keeping control of inventory and selling comics to our customers because I have to. One of the things that another comic shop owner out of Southern California by the name of Jamie over at SoCal Comics brought up wonderfully is we are a very unique breed of retail managers. We're not the type of people who can really do any other job very well after we leave this industry. And it's very hard for a lot of other retailers to, you know, come into our job because so much of our job is knowing such a very specified field and it comes from reading a ton of comics. So when somebody comes in and says, Hey, I want a story with Spider-Man, I need to have 
about a hundred different options for them based on experience of, well, if you want to read a really good villain story, you want Craven's Last Hunt. Or if you want the story of how Mary Jane and Spider-Man got together, I would recommend issue 122 onward of Amazing Spider-Man. If you want to know how they broke up and were divorced, you want uh, the really great J. Michael Straczynski story that led to Mephisto basically voiding out their marriage from any memory that exists on the Marvel Universe. So there's a lot of things that pull from that. But aside from that, when I get home, there is a lot of orders through Diamond, which is the only major comic distribution company in North America. They kind of run the monopoly here and are able to do so because they have exclusive contracts with Marvel and I believe DC as well now. Um, from there, it is talking with creators, setting up conventions or setting up booths at conventions, getting signings to happen in shop, including things as far out as talking to publishers and getting special discounts on items or even exclusive comic covers, which have become the big trend lately. I'm yeah, sure a lot of uh, our list. Or what was that? I said people seem to like the, the special um, covers that pop up sometimes. Well, it, it's yeah. an, it's the world of the variant now. People it really care about people really care about variant covers these days. Yeah, it, it's a return to the 1990s uh, that I never thought I'd see again. But uh, yeah, variants yeah. are everywhere. In fact, uh, with the new Harley Quinn number one relating to the actual Suicide Squad movie that came out last week, that issue had 74 different covers, which oh, is goodness. unfathomable for a DC book. That's which used ridiculous. To, at best, have two or three. Yeah, yeah, that is ridiculous. Well. Uh, I was listening to, I think, oh, I can't remember. It was a, a podcast. I can't remember which one, though. They were talking about how it, it's very important to figure out how to make a consumer buy the same comic more times, uh, like multiple times, and still like you, basically. <laughs> it, it is certainly a problem, and it's one that I have a fair amount of luck with, but a lot of retailers I've spoken to really are not a fan of this option and others that you know do it they it's, it's always a troubling factor because that really is it you're selling them the exact same 20 plus interior pages with just a different cover yeah. and there's the collector in all of us i'm sure that wants to own everything or wants to own the coolest version of something or the sexiest version or the most action-packed you know cover yeah but there's an easier mentality with the way that variants were for a long time where they were what we called ratio variants, where one exists for every 25 or 50 of a normal cover. There's the rare collectible tone that, you know, is, man, if only one of these covers exists for every 50 of the regular cover, it's 50 times rarer. I have to have that one because then you're on top of 50 other geeks out there. Yeah. But with things like the Harley Quinn cover, there were multiple covers that had the exact same print run. There were covers that were a bit more limited, but you could just easily order from your local shop because they were store-exclusive covers. And that's where you really kind of have to pitch them with, well, we managed to get Joe Benitez or J. Scott Campbell or other big-name artists to do our cover exclusively. And if you like that artist, you have to come and get it from us. So okay. your average shop might, you know, in my case even, I actually bought many covers from other shops with Harley Quinn number one. I had to get my regular covers at my shop because I need to support my own shop and I want to read the book right away. But Michael Turner, who was a wonderfully brilliant artist and acquaintance of mine, uh, passed away back in 2007 or 2008. I apologize. Sorry to hear and about that. And he did 
some sketches early on of Harley Quinn that never got published. So they took that art and reapplied it with uh, new colorings to a cover, and I had to go out and grab that. Oh, for I sure. Oh, that's cool. From a, uh, from a shop up north of L.A. that did a Joe Benitez cover, because I'm such a fan of Joe Benitez's art, it was something I couldn't pass up. And no, of course And you see that collector mentality of, I have to own them all. It's that Pokemon. Yeah. Oh, yes. Well, in the, in the world of being nerdy, collective collecting is a very big thing because it's oh, nerds are like dragons in that sense we have to have a horde of some kind right. speaking of alternate covers i gotta bring this up so i am looking at i'm gonna put this on the facebook page i'm looking at wrath of the eternal warrior number one that has artwork featuring matthias what yeah, really yeah can you can you tell us how that happened Yes, I'm curious. Yeah, you, we got we have an artwork of the Eternal Warrior with you and a bunch of your other staff members. You're wielding a sword on this cover. Yes, I am. Um, and if you notice, I'm the only one on this cover not likely to get beheaded right away by the Eternal <laughs> Warrior. <laughs> right away. I mean, he's still going to be. That, that one was pure through uh, luck. That was not something I told the artist to do. But that, that's actually a perfect segue um, in that. One of the things that we have to do uh, as, you know, comic shop owners and managers is talk with publishers. Uh, last year at the big retailer summit in Baltimore, I was out drinking with a few guys from the publishing company Valiant, which is an amazing publishing company They're that great. I think will be the next Marvel. They have a huge motion picture deal with Sony, a new Netflix TV series coming out, and they have some of the best comics hands down in the industry. Oh, yeah, they're, they're on the way up. Yeah, yeah. I, I noticed that you've got, you also, Faith Number 1 has a big, giant SoCal Games and Comics logo on the back. You, you must have a good relationship with Valiant. Yeah, uh, and it actually all started uh, from this retailer summit last year. I mean, we were fans of Valiant before, but I was sitting down drinking with uh, a few of their sales and marketing people. And, I mean, that's pretty much the way every comic book meeting goes. There's alcohol involved and a <laughs> lot of discussion and bravado and bad superhero talk before someone says, hey, we have this new Eternal Warrior comic coming out uh, in a few months. Why don't you uh, buy a thousand copies and we'll give you whatever you want on the cover? That's and so cool. <laughs> it took a few more beers in me, but eventually I'm like, absolutely, that's the best idea in the world. And from there, it becomes more of the unique, like, well, who's the artist going to be? What's the cover going to be? We had this really wonderful bit of coincidences that came across for it, that it was being written by Robert Venditti, who is currently the writer also on Green Lanterns, as well as the writer of Surrogates, which they made that Bruce Willis movie out of. Oh, okay. The great thing with Robert, uh, aside from him just being a wonderful fellow, is his cousin is a customer at my shop. Oh, so that works. That kind of sparked up a conversation with him later in the weekend where I realized, hey, if we bought a plane ticket for you to come out to see your cousin, that way you could see you know, his children for their birthday, hang out, have a good Thanksgiving with them, would you want to do a signing in our shop? Something that he was absolutely interested in, and it makes it really easy for me to then justify a thousand copies of a comic because who wouldn't want to come in and get the creator to sign the book? So, I have a few questions. This seems yeah. so into the comic world, and you seem actually very connected with a lot of these artists. Um, as someone like me who has really never read comic, what are some good recommendations you have for someone that wants to get into it? Because speaking as someone who's never been into it, I look at comics and I'm like, shit, this is really fucking daunting. Like, where do I step in <laughs> without, like, getting lost and be like, wait, who's this? Wait, when did that happen? Huh? What's going on? Well, 
the one thing I always like to approach this when people come to my shop and ask is comics is a medium. It is not a genre. So much like television, radio, books, I, I want to ask, what is it you already like in life and culture? So that way I can find the comic that is best fitting for you. So let's just go with an example on that. What type of things do you like in the realm of movies or books? Well, I'm going to say something and then we can lead into my news. Um, I am a very big Warhammer 40k fan. Do you like fantasy? Well, this is sci-fi. You like sci-fi? Okay. Okay. Well, I don't want to trump the news because now I know exactly where we're going. So I'm going to go with the comic (laughs) that's already out. And I would say there's a good amount of sci-fi, but one of the troubles I always have because in a game, as we have a gaming shop as well, that specific request is pretty common. And there's not much exactly like 40K out there. Whereas if people say Warcraft, I can just point them at the Warcraft comics or countless other great fantasy ones. But ones that I'm actually really loving in the sci-fi realm, oddly enough, right off the bat from Valiant is Exo Man of War, which is basically Iron Man if Tony Stark came from 300 AD and was a Visigothic warlord. That sounds amazing. But he's brought to modern times through alien, uh, basically an alien abduction. He has this super intense alien armor. But he still has that 300 AD mentality. So you're kind of getting some intense warfare with giant, you know, armors and robots. That one's always really cool. Um, if you want more of the political end on the sci-fi, Karina Becco and Gabriel Hardman have an amazing image comic series called Invisible Republic, which is a really great, almost House of Cards style sci-fi series with a little bit more of that ultraviolence end set a couple hundred years in the future where we are doing space travel between planets. But ultimately, if you want that StarCraft Warhammer feel, I think I'm going to have to let you talk about what you want to talk about, Anthony. Okay, so I was doing some research for the topic because I've got to be super serial and professional this time, and I found out that next month, guys, Warhammer 40K is going to get a comic series. I'm super excited. You know, as usual, when Anthony brings stuff up, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, it's okay. I actually care this time. I would I would read this. This sounds I'm awesome. Mega hyped. Oh, but, at, but for sake of argument, I don't care. So if we're bringing up... Okay, so Warhammer 40k, that's exciting. That's cool. The Warhammer 40k, a lot of people play the game. A lot of people play the video games attached to it. It's going to be amazing. I'm excited about not next month, but the month after Pathfinder Worldscape is coming out. Are they having a comic series too? Oh, there's been a Pathfinder comic series yeah, for a long time now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's been going. See, Matthias, that's how little I know about comics. <laughs> I didn't know that. What, um, what can you say about the Pathfinder comics, Matthias? I, I knew you were talking about the the writer and stuff, so I knew you were familiar, so I wasn't going to ask. Oh, no. I knew, you, I knew you knew stuff about it. Absolutely. Uh, well, first, I do want to say, yeah, I'm also looking forward to the Warhammer 40K, not even being somebody who really plays Warhammer 40K. Uh, Titan Comics is the uh, publisher for that. They're out of England where Games Workshop is as well. And just about everything they do is great. They do everything from Doctor Who and Sherlock in the television form. They do video games like Dark Souls and Assassin's Creed. They even have amazing comic classics like Titan or uh, like Tank Girl. So I'm really... They have Tank Girl? They have Tank Girl. Oh, I've had a crush on Laurie Petty since I was a kid, so I'm interested in that. (laughs) So with the good publishing, yeah, it's going to be good. But to move on to what Brian was saying, Pathfinder, this has me beyond excited because Pathfinder 
in itself is great, but they're going to be combining it with something that I love even more, and that is the rest of Dynamite, their publishing companies, other fantasy and sci-fi characters, including Edgar Rice Burroughs' Barsoom series characters, John Carter of Mars, and Dejah Thoris. But no way! Not- what? Yeah. Oh, I am super excited for this, With Brian. You, you you buried the lead on this. That is amazing. I know. I I've, super I've been keeping excited. it a secret so I can get your excitement on the call. I I am in. I love the John Carter of Mars stuff, and the fact that it's going with something else I love, like Pathfinder. Oh my gosh, I am so there. He's not done. There's more. Really, oh, cool there characters. is more. There's more. Go <laughs> continue. So, if you're an Edgar Rice Burroughs fan, I imagine you also liked another novel by another creator, maybe Robert Howard, who did. Conan, and here's the key part, Red Sonia. Red Sonia will be in the series as well. Oh my gosh. I'm Did they out. announce any of the other characters? Because I knew there were more. I knew there, I saw ones in the pictures, but I didn't recognize them. There, there's certainly more announcements uh, in there and to come. I'm hoping they will do some spinoff miniseries. Uh, this isn't the first time Dynamite has done something like this. Last year, we got a very wonderful series called Sword of Sorrows, which combined a lot of these characters with the chaos universe that people might remember having evil Ernie, uh, Lady Death back in its time, as well as Ooh. Purgatorio. And they did a brilliant job having Gail Simone write it and getting a bunch of other creators to come in and do little one-shot crossovers that focused on just really odd team-ups. So I'm hoping we'll see that on Pathfinder, but I'm going to turn to Brian because he's actually going to be able to speak of this writer much better than I can. Because I don't know if this writer will be doing one shots or can, you know, orchestrate that. But he's a pretty big deal in the Pathfinder world. Yeah, Eric Mona is the publisher for Paizo, for the Paizo, the company that makes Pathfinder role playing game. And he is a giant comic book nerd and managed to create a scenario where his business is involved with making comic books so he could realize his dream of writing. And he's really good. He's a really good comic book writer, too. So he he wrote my favorite Pathfinder series, which was Hollow Mountain, which had to do with um, a party of adventurers going into a dungeon, meeting up with a non-good party of adventurers, and then having to fight them, then join forces with them, then get split up into mixed parties with all the healers in one group and all the warriors in the (laughs) other. (laughs) Never Uh, split the party. (laughs) Uh, oh my gosh! That so is, that's that's, that's the author. Who's the um, who's the artist? Who's the, yeah, who's the artist? Um, I don't know. You know, to be honest, uh, right offhand, as it's just been solicited um, less than a few weeks ago and is set for release in October, I don't have that memorized at all. Okay, moment. that answered yeah, my that answered my question about release. So October, I am yes. making a note of that. I am yeah, so, so gamers have some real fun stuff to look forward to. I mean, there's already many wonderful comics out for Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, Warcraft is actually getting a new series soon, Assassin's Creed. But September, you have Warhammer 40K. And if you're somebody rolling dice, you're going to definitely want to swing by shops in October. Because even if you're not a Pathfinder fan, you can't miss out on these wonderful fantasy crossovers that are going in there in the way. Oh, of- I, I will for sure be there. I, I love me some Pathfinder and I love me some comics. So what have, yeah, what have you trip. been reading? What have you been reading, Matthias? I know we were talking about this when we were planning the call and I wanted to give you a chance to, to talk oh, about. That is always the question. Um, I, I, I've actually cut down my pull list of comics that I pick up each uh, month to a whopping 230 something <laughs> books that I and assure that's a you cut down. Say, yeah, that's a cut down, unfortunately. Yeah, it was originally just south of 300. So, um, 
but I, I started realizing with my uh, newborn son, I am not really uh, having as much time to read as I once had. But a lot of it is this horrible month to month like, oh, man, I'm five issues behind on this. Let me catch up. So the thing I finally got to catch up on on Thursday is going to be the most embarrassing and yet amazing thing I could talk about. I spent all of Thursday reading Archie, Jughead and Betty and Veronica (laughs) comics. Not something I ever thought I'd have to admit to, but they recently. uh, Well, with the revamp, it's got to be good. Yeah. They revamped the universe. Uh, Mark Wade, a uh, classic comic writer who did things like Kingdom Come and Irredeemable, which is getting a movie very soon. Um, he took over Archie, and he's not the guy I would have thought for Archie, but it is brilliant. Really there is nothing objectionable in this comic that I wouldn't hand to any kid out there in the world. You know, no matter their parent, you know, what their parents view, you know, as the right level of morality or religious, you know, or faith input. No matter if they're a kid who is that. Really, you know, strong, outgoing bully or the, you know, very withheld and calm child. There's nothing I couldn't hand this in this book to that kid and have them find objectionable. But in the same, I could hand it to any man or woman of any age. And it is a fun read. It is incredible. Well, that's the point, of, that's the point of Archie. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I swear five or six years ago, you could have handed me an Archie book. And even though it would have been my job to sell it, I would have probably passed up on it. Does it yeah. still have the harem trope in it, in like the old Archie's head? Um, I mean, you, you certainly still have the harem sense in there, um, but it is, you know, it, it is That's a teen part of Archie, drama. Yeah. yeah, it is a yeah. teen drama. It starts out actually with um, Archie and Betty having just broken up over something they call the lipstick incident, or hashtag lipstick incident, hashtag. in that very modern <laughs> sense of, you know, using technology <laughs> and social media. That's funny. But, at that point in time, well, he's trying to fix everything with her and everyone at Riverdale High is trying to, you know, get back this classic couple they've known for years. Veronica Lodge moves into town and it's the first introduction to that classic antagonist to Betty, Veronica, as Archie starts falling for her. And it really is fun. I, it has me incredibly excited about this new Riverdale TV series starting up next year. But Yeah, that's right, um, dude. Yeah. That was greenlit. I, I'm excited to see that, too. Because I've always liked Archie. It did get stale there for a while. But with this whole new revamp, I, I think it's going to be – I am I want to get into it. I haven't had the chance. But I, it's supposed to be really good. Your recommendation on it is just – that's icing on the cake for me. How, how do you feel about the – because I heard they changed the art style, too. Um, originally, actually, the first few issues opened up with Fiona Staples, who some readers might be familiar with as uh, the artist behind Saga. I don't know exactly what happened with her or if there was a fallout or anything, but right now we have, uh, I believe, Veronica Fish is the current artist. And it, it's a newer style, certainly, but nothing I can complain. It's very much still a comic art style. It is much more modern. You know, Jughead's not rocking the incredibly long Pinocchio nose. But oh, they cut off his still nose. getting a, uh, a, a cute and sexy and a very tame sense, Veronica and Betty. You're getting some very modern-looking faces and hairstyles and clothing in the uh, Riverdale students. Archie is still unquestionably Archie. He has a bit more of a streamlined face, but uh, it's a little less cartoony. But he's still, you know, the red-headed goofball that I'm sure anybody who's been reading for the past 50-plus years remembers. That's good. But the, the part that I'm actually even more amused at is the creative teams behind the two spinoffs. Jughead has Chip Zdarsky on it, and he is one of the funniest men you will ever meet, whether in comics, television, anything. And 
you're getting really fun things with like the very first issue of Jughead. Jughead falls asleep after video gaming for like three days straight and wakes up in Game of Thrones. Oh, that's great. Oh yeah. my gosh, that, that sounds, sounds amazing. I'm, I'm there. Yeah, so, and as for Betty and Veronica, you have the most talented artist in comics, Adam Hughes, who is known for doing sexy women, doing two of the sexy high schoolers in this very beautiful, near if not outright painted art style. And it's a traditional Betty and Veronica comic of they're on opposite sides of a traditional problem that they even mock in the comic has struck Riverdale over and over again over the past few decades. It is that their favorite diner is once again about to get closed down. Except the weird thing is it's Veronica's father's company who's looking to shut it down. So you're having a very basic Archie dilemma in there, yet with a rather amazing new style, not only do you have this very beautiful artwork that makes you want to just stare at every page for a half hour, the narration of it is Jughead's dog who speaks in that very proper masterpiece theater style of dialogue that that's one <laughs> any any other titles you're reading right now <laughs> uh, moving to something that i think more of your listeners might really appreciate oh I, I no no our, you're underestimating our listeners they're going to eat up the conversation <laughs> about archie oh right. yes i guarantee it <laughs> um i mean unquestionably this day my favorite comic the first one that gets read every week that it's released is invincible by robert kirkman and i think I... it's one of the most underlooked comics because everyone knows Robert Kirkman for Walking Dead. Yes. But this is a book he started almost the same time and in my opinion far exceeds anything that you would ever love in Walking Dead. If you like the idea that these characters are pushing well past the traditional zombie story in Walking Dead and finding out, you know, what really drives human mentality in these scenarios, imagine the same concept but ditch the zombies which everyone overplays. And throw in superpowers. Invincible is, if you took that classic movie Sky High that Disney put out uh, a little Love over that a decade movie. ago. I'm not, I'm and, not ashamed to admit that movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I like now, it too. You're not, you're not alone. Start that movie right at the end. Or start this comic series right at the end of that movie. It is a young man who doesn't have powers, but there are superpowers out there in the world. And his father is the greatest superhero on Earth. He is that classic Superman archetype where he's an alien. He's the last survivor of this planet, and he is being raised on Earth. Suddenly, his son, Mark, who is invincible, gains superpowers just like his dad. Everything's good. He's got all these amazing powers. He's joined this teen superhero team, and the world's looking up. And suddenly, his dad pulls him aside one time and says, Hey, I'm not the last survivor of my planet. I'm the first of an invasion force. With you and me, with you by my side, we can take over this planet and destroy everything. And this young boy has this horrible realization of, no, I was raised to believe the dead opposite. We have to be the force of justice. We have to protect Earth. I can't let you do this, Dad. And that's where the series really kicks off. And Walking Dead has nothing on Invisible. This sounds truly amazing. I've heard great things. Like, everyone I hear even talk about this is like, it's the best thing to come to comics in recent memory. I, I need to read this for sure. This sounds amazing. I've I been excited to. about it for a while. Yeah, yeah. that's great. You know, I, Matthias, I, I gotta ask you, being you know, a, a comic shop manager and, and going through all of these titles and having the most impressive pull list I've seen on anybody in a very long time, <laughs> I have to ask, are there actually any comics out there that you don't like? 
There are. There are, unfortunately, uh, there's comic creators I'm not fans of. There's, you know, miniseries or comic series that come and go I'm not, you know, really big on. But, yeah, there, there's certainly that uh, realm of comics where people will go on and on about them and I'll just have to go, oh, no, um, I'm sure it was an interesting read. Just not not the type of thing I'm going after. So is there... The very that's a very diplomatic answer. Yes, it yeah. is. He doesn't want to. He doesn't, he doesn't want to alienate any anybody. Issues. <laughs> he doesn't want to. I don't think he wants to make any publishers mad. Oh so, no, there's there's certainly a few like there's one I can talk about, but it's just I know in uh in just a few weeks I'll be at Baltimore again for that retailer summit, and I'd hate to you know go up and have to spend thirty minutes apologizing to a uh, publisher for bad mouthing their uh, entire line. So okay, let, 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 let's save you some. Let's save you some grief and some extra drinks in Baltimore and just say that there are for sure ones that you just did not care for out there. And it's something that naturally happens. Correct? Everyone has their own personal preference. There's going to be titles that you're just not into. Yeah. And I, I mean, you know, without like, you know, dropping the line that I'm thinking of, because that really hurts that entire publisher. I, I can point one out, you know, from a major publisher that isn't too bad. DC recently did uh, their Rebirth line. And I have I've been a DC fan as long as I can remember. Ooh, Rebirth. And I have never been as excited about DC Comics as I currently am. It is brilliant beyond belief. So many wonderful new titles. But there's one that is incredibly disappointing to me. And a lot of people are going to disagree with me on this. But I have to say, Green Arrow, I I had such high hopes for. And I love the artist, Otto Schmidt. He was a brilliant, brilliant artist. And unfortunately, he's no longer on the series either. But uh, Benjamin Percy, the writer on that, really sold me with the concept that we were returning to an old form of Green Arrow with politi- uh, you know, the political-driven, Van Dyke-wearing Oliver Queen. and Which is the Oliver Queen I love. Yeah, it's not doing it for me. It really isn't. I think that a lot of people love it, and I mean, I have a very large amount of subscribers to it at my shop, but I just can't read it and enjoy it. Just falling on its face for you? It, it is. I think it's that, you know, I mean, there was a recent issue where Green Arrow pulls out his bow, pulls back the arrow, and I'm getting super excited, and then they turn uh, perspective... And he's shooting at this giant alien ship that is just towering over him like a skyscraper in the ocean. And I just realized this isn't a fight for Green Arrow. Like that arrow is not going to do anything. I don't have the interest in this. That, so that breaks you to spend too much disbelief. Yeah, but yeah, that that, that really breaks my heart because I, I've always liked the original thing for Green Arrow, which was he didn't really deal with a ton of like super powered villains. He was he was that guy that stopped street crime. And that's what one thing I really like about him, and so it does make the the, the giant towering ships uh, going up against him, and he has just his bow. It does make it seem—I I don't want to say like unrealistic or anything because it's comics, but it does take a, away from him a little bit. And that yeah. does break my heart. But I mean, and it also goes to show though that what one person doesn't necessarily like doesn't mean a bad book because no. I have I have at least thirty something customers in my shop that every two weeks are picking up this book. And they love it. It's a yeah, popular book. And it was like Brian saying, you know, one thing that, that you like doesn't mean everybody else is going to like. On the topic of things that we don't like, I read comics religiously throughout my teens. And and I I lost interest when um, Marvel did the Clone Saga in, in Spider-Man. Uh, oh, and uh, it I've was, heard not good things about that. Oh, it was the most convoluted thing. And I remember thinking, I was like, they're trying to update the comics to make them appeal to people who are getting older, and this is just complicated. And I just made a conscious decision to stop reading comics because I of that. I like the Scarlet Spider. 
<laughs> Glad to know there's some Ben O'Reilly fans out there. Oh, I'm sure there was good things in that series. I just, it was getting so complicated that I was like, I'm just not into this. I mean, uh, the, oh, no, yeah, it was convoluted. Yes. But I, it, I, I did like Ben O'Reilly. Peter Parker's parents are robots. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah. Something like what? that. <laughs> well, get ready to recoil again. Cause this fall, Amazing Spider-Man's going right back there. Uh, they've been toting for a while that they're doing a big Spider-Man event called Dead No More. And the hint was that they were bringing back to life a lot of characters, including things like Ben, um, uh, ben, ben Parker and Ben O'Reilly, oddly enough, too. Um, you were also looking at the return of Gwen Stacy, and that had me rather frightened. Ooh. Then they pull a twist. You ready for this? Yeah. It's actually called... Um, no, the clone conspiracy. And Aww. yes, that means we're getting all sorts of clones again. Marvel just decided to send in the clones and start up this problem once again for Amazing Spider-Man. Oh. I, don't, I don't think it's... You know what? The clone saga was so, such a big deal that people are going to buy them because they they want to see. They want to see what well, the mess the, is going to be like. Plus, <laughs> it's going to have Gwen, uh, the like, true blue Gwen Stacy alive, Ben Parker alive. And there were Ben O'Reilly fans, so if he's going to be alive too, I mean that's that is going to pull people in, and I'm pretty sure it'll get that, like get a lot of people who still have the PTSD from the first clone setup. Uh, they're gonna want to come and check this it's, out. It's it's the jackal though, right? It it is it, the jackal coming back. It is the jackal. Um, okay. I've yet to sit down and read ASM uh, sixteen, but one of my customers did uh, bring up the question that it might not be the jackal we know and hate. It might be a different one. It might be. I'm not 100% on that. I uh, I have to admit, I'm still reading a lot of Spider-Man comics. Amazing Spider-Man is not currently one of them. I, uh, I'm much more of a fan of Brian Michael Bendis' Miles Morales. I like Miles Morales. Now, as someone who was a huge Spider-Man fan as a kid, are there any, like, would you recommend Amazing Spider-Man? Because I loved Spider-Man when I was a kid. That was my like, favorite cartoon. You know, I'm not going to lie. That was one of the first comics I picked up back in the 1980s was um, Amazing Spider-Man. But... I mean, it depends because currently Amazing Spider-Man, the Peter Parker that you probably know and love that was that very lovable guy who never did it right. Yeah. Yeah, really, really mouthy and sarcastic New Yorker kind of gay kid. Yeah. Now he is a uh, billionaire owner of Parker Industry. I heard about that and I was like, I don't know if I like this. Yeah. <laughs> so I think. Arc. It is an evolution of the character, which I do love that Marvel pushes forward and does. Because, I mean, I, as a Kitty Pride fan from the X-Men, it's so nice to see that she's not 30 years later still in uh, high school. She is a college graduate and teacher and now actually a uh, space pirate with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah, that's right. She's part of the Guardians now. Yeah. Totally forgot about that. If yeah. you want some classic Spider-Man, I, I recommend Miles Morales. He is everything that... Peter once was, and then some. That's great. Yeah, I, I like the Miles Morales stuff, so I, I, I was actually thinking about trying to pick that one up again. Honestly, so really an amazing one. read. So, so now, if I'm curious, can I can I turn it around to the panel here and ask what what uh, what are your guys' favorite comics now? Because I'm a little curious after hearing you know really with Michael you know pulling out the Scarlet Spider, I, I'm curious <laughs> where you guys are sitting. Uh, for me, right now, I don't pick up a ton of stuff. I've been doing a lot of one-shot things. I'm actually going to start, for one that I'm actually going to start, I want to start picking up the uh, the issues and I'm going to get a trade for it, is the Rat Queens. Yes. And it was actually you guys that sold me 
my very first issue of it, I, I had heard about them because I watch a online show that does a live Twitch feed called Critical Role. And I found out that they did a cameo in some of the pages for Rat Queens. And I picked up that issue. I read it. I gushed over the cameo pages. And I actually really liked the storyline and the art. It was very funny. So I am I'm gonna I'm actually starting to pick that one up. I'm gonna buy I'm gonna try and buy the first volume trade very soon. And that's actually going to be getting me back, really back into comics. There's some stuff from DC that I'm, I want to try. I want to see, you know, where they're going with the whole, with the reset up of Batman. I'm still really gun shy because it's been for a long time. Nobody's really got Superman very right, but I'm hearing wonderful things about American Alien. I heard American Alien on me. That's right. So uh, that I'm, that there's going to be some good things that I want to get back into. I'm going to be doing, but for sure, right now, my my current favorite now is the the rat queen stuff that sounds awesome yeah rat queens is truly a great series the uh adult raunchiness of a DD game amongst drunken men except it's all female played characters it's it's beautiful i i, I love it anthony what was that comic you got that was like super offensive the one you said you weren't re- reading to your kid oh yeah okay. so <laughs> So, like, towards the beginning of the show, I mentioned how I bought a bunch of comics because um, I didn't get into comics as a kid, but I want my son to get into them. So I bought a bunch of comics to have my son play the list I uh, read to him. And I got this one called uh, Fuck Fairyland. <laughs> um, so I didn't get the first one because the first one wasn't at the comic shop. So I read that online. And then I bought the second one. I read that. Uh, it's it's really good. It's fucking hilarious. I mean, you just watch this little girl, what looks like a little girl, it's actually like a 30-year-old woman, just going like, ah, fucking hate all these pixies and fairies and elves. It's just like, ah, fuck you all, just ripping heads off. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's just grotesque, and it's, I mean, it's almost as if you're following the story of the villain. Yeah, it, from what you've made it sound, it, it sounds great. I, would, I wouldn't mind picking that up, but at the same time, I'm really afraid to. <laughs> have, I think have Scott Young made that goal. Have you ever heard of Fuck Fairyland, Matthias? Oh, absolutely. I am a huge fan of Scotty Young, the uh, artist and writer behind that. Um, he is, it's weird. People often think of him for his cutesy art style because he does a lot of what we call the baby variants from Marvel. Um, uh. They're very cute young versions of the Marvel superheroes that come on pretty much every Marvel number one nowadays. But yeah, and I noticed that about this comic is like, even with all the grotesqueness, the art is still cutesy. It's like there's that cute artwork and then it's like, but there's, blood and guts <laughs> uh very very th- throwing you off guard kind of kind of artwork sorry Matthias, i cut you off I'm, go back i'm gonna go i'm gonna go a little weird with my answer i gotta go i gotta answer in stages so historically to narrow it down i think my favorite comic of all time is dark hawk wow i that's love that dark i know that's a deep cut um i i was i was obsessed with dark hawk when it came out um and now, um, I have two answers because I have an online comic and I have, um, what I'm reading right now. So Manifest Destiny is my favorite that I grabbed from, that I grabbed in my recent haul that I posted on the Nerd Podcast Radio Facebook page. And it's a, it's a retelling of the secret journal of Lewis and Clark. And it's incredible. It's fantastical. It's his historical and it opens up the characters' personalities. I am loving it. I mentioned it before that I'm making Pathfinder characters for it. I, I am in love with that. And then my other answer is what I'm reading online is JL8. Oh, yeah. That's always fun. 
Um, I can't think of the name of the guy who does it. I, I'll have to look it up and put it up later. Um, but I've been following that since it started. It's a story of the Justice League when they were eight and they're all in like, they're all in like school together. Nice. I, I would read that in. Yeah, you can find it online. I, I, gosh, I wish I could remember the name of the guy and I, all right. So I'm going to look it up, um, while, we move on um, real, real quick. I did want to say I did leave out one comic and on the historical side. I loved and I have almost every issue for it is the original run for Uncanny X-Force. That series for me was amazing. I loved it because that because at one point you actually have Deadpool showing a conscience. <laughs> and for me, that was beautiful. I was like, only you guys can make Deadpool go. I'm not OK with what we just did. <laughs> So, but th- that series for me was really great. Um, when they read, when they reshot it up to Cable and the X Force, I actually kind of died off of it because I'm not a massive Cable fan. Yeah, I, I'm always curious who those people are. I, I know they exist because his first appearance still goes for a lot of money, and um, yeah. somehow Marvel keeps putting out Cable books. But that was one of those ninety pieces, nineties characters that I could have uh, lived without. He's overly serious, hyper violent, so uh, so he lives in the nineties. But he just—I don't see him ever evolving. He's uh, just always, oh, that's Cable. Well, he so still has no that nineties outfit. Yeah, he's never changed his outfit. He's still futuristic Gorilla Commando in it. Futuristic Gorilla Commando—that's that's fantastic. I never thought of that before. That's the first thing that comes to my mind anytime I see him in, in his in his costume. I'm just like, okay. I legit don't know who Cable is. You guys are speaking another language to me. <laughs> he's, the, he's the um he's the son of um Cyclops and um oh what's her name? The clone. The uh, clone of um Jean Grey. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm I I yeah, I, that's that's what I that's what I remember. He's the son of Cyclops know, and the clone of Jean Grey. I didn't know Jean Grey had a clone. Okay then. No, it's the Jean Goblin Grey, Queen. Yeah. The Goblin yeah. Queen, yeah. Yeah, she. Yeah, they, they've cloned her a couple times, if I remember right. They've done all kinds of messed up. Everybody's stuff. been cloned a couple times in in Marvel comics. Just like everybody's yeah. died at least four yeah. times. And the Punisher got turned into Frankenstein monster. Oh. Yeah, that one was weird. That one was was Franken Frankencastle. 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 I never. I like. I saw the artwork for that one. It was really weird. I never really read it. But from people, a lot of people told me it was interesting. And I think he changed into an angel after that. What? Yeah, there's like they, they get that that was that was a weird time in comics. Yeah, that I had to drop weird. off that. I just I, um oh, I just looked it up. Um JL8 is written by is um written in ink and and drawn by Yell Stewart. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a fun little read. I will I will and then you said that's an online one? Is it online yes. only or do they have print? Uh JL8 is online only. Um Yell Stewart is I, I think he works on Gifted. Okay. And that's his main project, and he f- he puts it up when he can. I mean, I I think there's a new comic every month or two. Yeah, I will definitely look look that one because I, I like so I like storylines that like kind of, that do that take done teams. And so that would work. I'd like that. I I do think that comics do get weird and not you know do oh through sagas because you, you if you can see like the main revamp of superman i think in 70s or 80s can't remember which one superman at one point could actually make a copy of himself by clapping his hands together yeah there <laughs> that's that's going back um yeah there's always weird moments like that in comics i still remember the uh, red and blue superman from the 90s oh yeah oh that was terrible i mean there was a good there was a good dark side storyline tied to that but at the same time, no. Does anybody here care about spoilers? Because I heard something about Red and Blue. Go I'm, ahead. I'm fine. 
Matthias? Go for it. I heard Red and Blue are coming back. Lana Lang is getting the Red Superman powers. Actually, that is true. In fact, that premiered uh, last week in Superwoman. Superwoman Oh. So I'm just going to say Superwoman spoilers, and we'll add that to the pre-intro. Yes. Oh, goodness. No, they're bringing them back. Oh, it hurts. Yep. I just heard about that. It was an IO9. You wanted to you wanted to cause me physical pain today, right, Brian? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess I deserve it. But no, I mean, uh, it was actually an incredibly well-written and unforeseen twist for me. I somehow managed to avoid those spoilers until I read the issue and It was a good surprise then. It was a great surprise. It was an interesting combo where I'm looking forward to seeing where they're going with it. Uh Phil Jimenez an actual uh, traditionally a comic artist is writing it and i'm oh he's he's writing it because i like his art i like his art so i I do want to ask because this is something that i think it's it sits on most comic book fans minds especially your three fabulous hosts here and maybe somebody who runs a shop how do you see the future of comics going like how does it look to you you know, I'm going to say something really dark. Um, I had an option to create my own shop uh, around seven years ago, and I was so worried about the fate of the industry that I said, you know, I'd rather just manage for a little bit longer and see where things go. I'm happy to say that right now, every time I sit down for one of these uh, various retail meetings or distribution or publisher conferences, numbers are up. Numbers oh, are, are really up. up. Yeah, um, so there's like good. profits are coming in more now than before. Yeah, I mean, if you ever want to see a really interesting one, look at uh, io9 probably will have it as well as many other websites. But if you look at the uh, graph over the years from Image Comics, their sales are just through the roof. It is an incredible incline. I've always well, heard, loved their product. I heard Image is making like the yeah. top tier best stuff right now. Well, they're they're doing amazing work, unquestionable. Um, but then even uh, we just had a uh, sit down at San Diego Comic-Con a few weeks ago where a bunch of publishers sat down with a bunch of retailers and Diamond was going over the numbers. And we were a little bit down this year when they provided the stats, but that didn't incorporate the new DC Rebirth. And I'm not going to lie. I, I mean, I love DC Comics, so I hate to give this number. Prior to uh, prior to Rebirth starting up, you know, my wall numbers. So the number of comics that would hit the wall as opposed to, you know, what subscribers I had. Cause depending on the series, you know, Batman had like 40 to 50 subscribers in my shop, you know, something like Dr. Fate might have had one or two. Uh, my wall copies for my DC books averaged, you know, two to four copies in all honesty. Certain ones like Batman would get a bit higher, but I was getting a handful. And we're not a small shop. Uh, I'm sure, you know, you guys who have been in there can attest. I mean, we're a 3,300 square foot, very large shop. We have a secondary store. We have hundreds of pull list subscribers. So it was a really scary, you know, set of numbers. But then Rebirth came along and now Batman has around 60 to 80 subscribers. And my average DC book is getting between 50 to 100 wall copies. And I can't keep them on the wall. Within a week or two, they are sold out. That's beautiful. Because I always hear a doom and gloom about comics, not really the positives. And I'm glad to hear that it's better than projected. I I have a question. This is kind of an off-the-wall one. It it was something that came to me. Do you think a comic shop could survive nowadays without tabletop game support, like without also running games? I would be foolish to say no, because obviously many shops have been doing that for decades. There's a lot of great shops out there that do that. But if I was to open my own shop, 
uh, tomorrow. And I mean, as the shops I'm working at already can show you, I cannot separate the two. I feel it is both for profits and, you know, just the crossover that exists. It's foolish not to. Because, I mean, if you come in in October looking for that new Pathfinder comic, how can I I not take advantage of the opportunity of saying, hey, do you have dice or anything for your actual Pathfinder campaign? And if you don't play Pathfinder, would you like to learn? It's it's an unbelievably easy crossover to do. Uh, It's one of the reasons why I always recommend new comic shops try and open up near things like GameStop because... It's very easy to, you know, when you're right next door to a GameStop to have somebody pop out after buying Batman Arkham Knight or Batman Arkham Asylum or even Assassin's Creed. Comic. Yeah, to yeah. go next door and buy the comic. That, that's great. That, that, that's just a question that I've, um, I've actually really sat with because throughout my entire <clears throat> adult life, I've always sat with the thought, you know, with the dream in my head of opening a, a shop where you know, opening a, a gaming and comic shop and i've had people tell me like you know why do both this that and i've seen comic shops that don't do game support and i just see it going down and the two like you said they the over the crossover is just something that really holds them together and really is causing a, a shops to survive if they're not doing a ton of comic sales no absolutely uh the big thing though that i stress you know uh, not that i imagine there's too many comic retailers out there that are going to be listening to my words specifically and saying oh this is where we need to change our shop you know if there are any out there um it, it isn't something where if you're just running solely comics that you need some extra profit you just dive into games there's a huge part just like with the comic end where you need to know what you're selling and that is the big problem where it's easy to pop open you know a couple dozen comics each week and read through them but learning a board game learning an rpg or a card game it takes time there's tons of cards. i mean it's like learning a whole new universes of history like to learn Magic the Gathering, you're memorizing thousands upon thousands of cards. Oh, to yes. learn Pathfinder or D&D, you're learning all these new rules. And, I mean, as I'm sure Brian can easily tell you, there is quite some differences between uh, Pathfinder and Dungeons and & Dragons. And, therefore, you can't just simply learn one and then try and, you know, say, hey, I'm an expert at Pathfinder, but let me sell you Dungeons & Dragons that easy. There, there, yeah. there is unquestionably a crossover, but, yeah. For it, sure. It requ- yeah, it, it requires study and actually doing it yeah that's a huge thing is a a lot of retailers in general i mean and this is far beyond the comic world but a lot of retailers in general need to learn the better retailers have a familiarity with their product you know whether it's somebody in a hat store you know that wears hats to somebody in you know barnes and noble actually reading the books that they sell i mean those are the people that are going to sell a little bit better because they can talk about what they're selling and they can you know relate to the customer and give them these examples of things like hey if you're liking you know amazing spider-man or you're missing uh you're missing ben o'reilly i recommend reading spider-verse or if you want something else that's an animal driven uh comic series that'd be really fun check out badger from devil's do uh you know i mean there's all sorts of things so if one of our listeners wants to meet you at the store um how would they go about doing that when when they when would they go and where would they go to have an in-person talk about comics and what they want to buy from you well i I certainly would welcome anyone wanting to do that uh if you guys actually want to waste your time but uh (laughs) i'm I'm not too often at our uh, san marcos location in uh called sky high comics traditionally you can find me most days of the week and most weekends at socal games and comics in temecula california you can even find us on uh, facebook 
as well as at our actual website at SoCalGamesAndComics.com. Uh, you can message us through any of that or otherwise swing by the shop. I, I'd love to talk with anybody who is a fan of this great podcast or otherwise interested in comics or gaming. Can you say your Instagram one more time? Yeah, my Instagram is M-I-D-U-S-U-N-K-N-W-O-N, Midas Unknown. And I'll put that on the Facebook page. All right. Thank you. That's awesome. You know, I, I've actually had a really good time talking with you today, and it's been great. And the fact that you're so welcome to just talking to anybody, you know, at your shop and coming on here, that's great because, you know, comics is a, is a very big community thing. And to snub somebody, I, in my personal opinion, because I've had it happen, is really it, it's really a detriment to what comics are based on. And so just hearing you just being so welcome and open and, and just the great conversations we've had here today. It's wonderful, and I really want us to have you back. I do, because you're just you're wonderful, Matthias. Yeah, just, if you're willing, it'd be cool to have you on the show again. Thank you. I'd love to be back. But I, I do want to touch on what Michael said there. I, I think that is something that really a lot of shops need to address is, I mean, we work in an incredible industry that I can honestly say, being in my shop and having people constantly turn in applications, everyone wants to be a part of. There, there's nobody in the nerd and geek community that doesn't want to have a job, maybe not at a comic or gaming shop, but somewhere in this industry. So we're really blessed to have that honor. So that's where you have to, you know, pay that, you know, luck and respect forward to your customers, to your fans, to everyone. I mean, not just in the, by any means, the comic shop end, but, you know, creators, publishers, you know, all of them. It's a matter of, this is a community. It's a huge community now, which is incredible, but a lot of us are going to remember, you know, 20 or 30 years ago, being a geek or a nerd wasn't the coolest thing. And you really got to pay your respects to the, you know, the new generation and the old, yeah. both ends. And, you know, be nice, uh, you know, uh, kind of play in the world peace, you know, <laughs> argument. Yeah. That is really a key. So I do my best um, and all my staff I know at our shop do our best to try and make a very welcoming, fun environment where as long as we're open, you're welcome to be in there having fun, you know, even without buying anything, just chilling, yeah. you know, playing games, talking comics. That's what we. This uh, is the reason why I drive 45 minutes to get to your store versus going to closer places. Yes, I, yeah, I agree. Well, I'm, I moved closer to you, so I will be guy coming more often than I used to. <laughs> yeah, your guys' shop has that wonderful atmosphere, and I love it there. I mean, I feel bad because there have been times where I've, gone, where I've come in and then left without buying things, and I feel terrible because I love supporting you guys. I don't want you to go anywhere. <laughs> well, honestly, don't worry about that. I, I you know, I mean, we're never going to turn away a sale, but I love having people in there just to, you know, chill and build up the atmosphere and community. I mean, I can't express how much it really helps. Just having somebody come in literally never spend a dime in the shop, but just playing magic at the table. So when another person comes in that does want to buy magic, they have somebody they can play with or That's somebody great. who just wants to sit there and talk comics. I mean, they do my job for me at that point. They're selling yeah. books you know, on their own love and interest of it. It's hardly just our shop. And that is the one nice thing I love about this community. That's great. I can talk about <laughs> shops like Alternate Reality in Las Vegas. You can talk about Earth 2 in Los Angeles, Graham Cracker Comics in Chicago. I could go on for hours naming all the wonderful comic and gaming shops out there that create an equally, if not more amazing environment out there that just makes this such an unbelievable community to be a part of. That, that's really great. I mean, I'm, uh, I've done Pathfinder days there with Brian and without him too, which is weird. And just 
being just being able to go in there and and play and enjoy our time there and then you know take breaks and stuff and then go peruse the long boxes and your wall mounts and everything it's and it it's one reason why i i do enjoy comics i'm pretty sure it's one reason why a lot of us do is because we enjoy community and it's created there and that's probably why i'll never stop liking comics. but i do want to say again thank you again for coming in and i have to ask guys because i was there any other? I think you guys. One of you had had one more question. I'm not certain. Brian, I did you? I noted the last question, and I figured we'd just save it for the next time we have them on. We're running a little late on time, and we still want to do our talking about what we're doing and what we plan on doing. And yes, that's true. That's very yeah. true. So yeah, we'll, we're we're gonna go. We're gonna save some in the chamber for him, Matthias, when you come back. That sounds great. So that's that's wonderful. This week is gonna actually be a pretty good week and everything. You know, I, I'm actually starting a. A new school, a new school year for uh, for a career change somewhere down the road. So for uh, what that, what does that mean for you, listeners? It means I actually have a more concrete time to to do this with everybody to to get my friendship time in with with Brian and Anthony, and it means more on the time uploads for everybody else. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. So I do want to ask, you know, the uh, Brian, you know, what are your plans for this week? Do you have any plans? Planning for us to record two episodes in a row next week because I'm going to Ohio for a week. <laughs> that I'm going to be drained that day, and I got to go to school that night. So it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be a great exhaustion. Day. I start so, school on Monday too. Oh, you do? That's right. Yeah. Well, today. Yeah, that, yeah, today. Yeah. Uh, Anthony, do you have any plans for this week? Uh, more gaming stuff. I, I'm thinking I might go to a comic store nearby and buy some of these comics. Matthias recommended this. Um, this um, awesome. Uh, try to get more into that world, but um, are you going to be able to find a comic book store in Sweden? Because that's where you are this week. <laughs> yeah, he's in Stockholm. <laughs> uh, yes, I think there are some right down the street. <laughs> Hopefully, you can get them in English. Swedish <laughs> 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 is close enough. <laughs> that's wonderful. That's great. oh my god! All our all our no, all our zero Swedish friends are going to be very offended by that. We're gonna we're gonna have we're gonna we're gonna make sure we we send you out to represent us in every every major every major area. I can I can attest that there are game shops and comic book stores in Sweden. I've talked to my friend from Sweden about it. Yeah, so we're gonna we're, we're gonna make sure you make a make an appearance there. Yeah. Yeah, and Matthias, what are your plans for this week, if you don't mind us asking? Uh, three things: comics, comics, and more comics. <laughs> That's a beautiful answer. I love it. That's going to be a beautiful week. That's wonderful. As for me, you know, I, I kind of touched on it already with going to school. I'm going to try and spend more time with with the kid. There's actually going to be a good week for me because all every day I work, I work this week, I'm actually going to be off at night, which is a big difference for me. So I'm going to be able to get a lot more reading in. I'm going to finish up my, uh, I'm a big history nerd. So I got, a, I got a bunch of, I got a couple of history books that I'm finishing and I've just started a brand new Western novel that I'm going to try and finish by the end of the week. I got a question for you about school, Michael. Yes. How far away are you from becoming a professional welder? I, if I keep on track and I bust my butt, because it um, it'll be next June that I actually will probably be having all my certifications. Because the the school I go through, you come in and put in the time. It's basically almost like a full trade school. You know, you just come and you put in the time. There's very little book work at the, this course that I do, and they actually handle the state certifications. So if I can keep going, I don't miss any days, and I'm able to get my work going real quick then I will for sure be probably having my certifications around 
June of uh, 2007. That's that's the main goal because I, I know guys that we're set up in three month blocks, so we call them sessions. And I know a guy he's just finishing up his fourth session and he's just barely ready to take his tests. I'm studying the history of photography myself, and I am I am geeking out over it because I'm already like I'm already through the first four chapters of my textbook and just <laughs> and school starts today. <laughs> oh, I'm not even I'm not even to the 1800s yet. Four chapters, you're not even to the 1800s? Yeah, well, photography is an old science. <laughs> it, it is. It very it is. I, I took some uh, art history classes, and they touched on They They did not give it enough justice. They touched on it. It was wonderful to see that, to see how some of the first chemical reactions were used and actually done to create photographs. It was wonderful. And apparently the giant room boxes to take one to create one tiny picture. It was great. What about Anthony? Do you, um, me and Brian were gushing about going into school. Do you, do you plan on going back to school? I, I missed the date to transfer to the new school where I live. Uh, I do plan on going back because I'd like to get that, you know, child development degree. Yeah, I'm a child development major, guys. Maybe we'll, I want to be nerd. A, <laughs> I want to be a, 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 a preschool teacher. Which is uh, which I have a lot of respect for you for. So, but yeah, you know, keep us updated on that. We'll keep you updated on on who on what we're all doing and everything. And and uh, you guys, everybody, you've been listening to Nerd Podcast Radio, our wonderful episode of comics, our beautifully most wonderful guest Matthias. Thank you again for coming and and just sitting with us, uh, buddy. Thank you very so wonderful. much for having me. Honestly, it was an absolute pleasure. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad you're willing to come back because I'm pretty sure you're not going to be gone for long. Because <laughs> we really enjoyed you. So, again, this has been Nerd Podcast Radio. I'm your host, Special Mikey, along with Hindu Anthony. Have a nice day, everybody. And Super Vegan Brian. I didn't get to say hello at the beginning, so hello and bye. <laughs> <laughs> and again, our, our wonderful guest, Matthias. Thank you guys very much for listening. So we had a wonderful day. Keep stay tuned for our next episode, and as always, stay nerdy, stay informed. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to our nerd show.